So I'm beta testing some content for my new self-help book. You're always beta testing. That's why I have this podcast. I know. It's a whole purpose. But self-help's where the money is, right? It's in the nootropics line and it's in self-help books because that's all people read anymore. Podcast is just a launching pad for self-help ventures. So anyway, this is the title of my book, maybe. Go. From champ, from chump to champ, chomp down on the good life like it's chaw. Alliteration, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And it's uh, tentatively uh, subtitled, A Good Old Boy's Guide to Life. Ooh. What's on the cover? Big old truck, a dude with a shotgun riding in the bed. What does that mean, riding in the bed? Is he just lying down or is he standing up? What's he doing? I think he's sitting on a cooler of beer. Hell yeah, Bud Light. Bud Coors. Yeah, Keystone. Yeah. Heineken? No, no. It's not in, it's not in character. It's not. It doesn't fit the, fit the bill, really. Yeah. I know I don't talk like that, but I'm from an area that's kind of like that. I think I could use could cynically exploit that ethos to make some money you're um you're from the bad side of missouri where you're from <laughs> that is what from also the free state. kansas oh uh, in, in in bloody kansas we were the good guys we were the... in what kansas have you heard of bloody kansas bleeding kansas Ble- yeah it's called bleeding kansas yeah not 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 when you're from there we call it <laughs> They don't, they're not very good at teaching their own history. Like, ah, there's this bloody Kansas. Do you, uh, people in Kansas have accents? Nah, they talk kind of normal, neutral. Or, you know, I'm sure this sounds like uh, an accent to somebody else, but they talk kind of like this. There is that kind of hick accent. There's a couple people like that, which that kind of, you know, like sort of this type of thing, you know, like get on in there, you know, yeah. get them cows into that trailer. That's kind of universal. There are people like that in Kansas, but there's people like that all over. I don't know what it is, but. It's kind of a charming in a way. I like it. I think it's fun. I'm not so clear. I'm not making fun of them. I think I, I like them. Send us an email if you're offended. If you're offended. Or tweet at us. Well, I got a, a, a character in my book who talks like that. He's got a catchphrase. Yep. You know what it is? It's, I tell you what. Mm-hmm. And then he like goes in to give some life knowledge. Man, I tell like, you what. You're like a comedian right now. You're yeah. like uh, a guy, a cable guy. Just a reinvented, reinvented cable guy. Like a Midwestern Paul Reiser. Really, I, that's <laughs> Paul Reiser, Richard Jenny. Paul Reiser, I haven't thought of Paul Reiser in about 20 years. I'll start thinking about him. He's coming back, baby. He he was married to Helen Hunt in TV Land. On TV, yeah, I'm mad about you. That's... I love Helen Hunt. I gotta tell you that much. I still do. <sighs> yeah, Helen Hunt, <laughs> Helen Hunt Twister. Yeah, yeah. That's a lady. You could sell your farm to. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, welcome to There Will Be Books, a podcast about books and Helen Hunt. I'm Peter, joined as always by Matt. 
Matt, we got an awesome episode today. It's the beginning of December. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't read a whole lot this week. I've been busy with work. I thought I was yeah. getting sick. Not sick. Oh, no. Knock on wood. Oh, man. Uh, you know, just uh, I think stress is getting to me. But we've got an episode. I texted you earlier today. I go, Matt, what are we talking about today? Here's what you said. We're talking about Helen Hunt. We're talking about Paul Reiser. We're talking about early 90s comedies. That's all a lot. We didn't say any of that stuff. No, it's great. It's like, makes it seem like it's all script. Seemed impromptu, but it was scripted. Yeah, it was scripted, but yeah. no, none of that. Um, we're actually talking about Friends and Seinfeld. No, just kidding. That was a double fake. It's an industry term for... We could do a 90s sitcom episode. What's your favorite 90s sitcom? I mean, it's probably... Let go. I'm going to stop you right now. I don't think you have one. Well, what I was about to say is probably Seinfeld. Okay. Although I did, it's not strictly a 90s sitcom, but 90s Simpsons. It's probably seasons two through like eight of The Simpsons, probably the best, maybe the best sitcom ever. So I, I if we're talking... Yeah, can I say okay. Simpsons? Because I think that era. All right, I just want the listener to know I'm about to say something that's going to make Matt very angry. And it's just like, it's just a running thing. We've known each other for over 10 years. Uh, I'm not sure I've seen an entire Simpsons episode from start to finish. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's one of the things I was going to bring up Is here for Simpsons. the new year. Yep. Not the Simpsons. But we're going to harness your woeful lack of pop culture knowledge for, for, for the podcast, for content for the podcast. Okay. And so we're going to, I'm talking like sometime soon, like New Year's. Okay. Like Peter, we'll, we'll come up with a better segment title than what I'm about to say. But like Peter addresses his own gaps. Ooh, or whatever that's kind of mean but yeah i know what you, mean. Well, you know what i mean like you're gonna you're gonna watch the godfather okay you're gonna watch the princess bride it'll be easy too it won't even be books it's like hey you're gonna watch star wars you're gonna watch an episode of the simpsons we should probably do this with books too i know we will. no but what we're going easier. to do this is easier what, what you're going to do i've decided you're gonna read the lion the witch and the wardrobe I, I think actually stuff. thought about this because you mentioned it so much. You should. It come. It keeps coming up. By the time the listener hears this, we will we'll have released a Piranesi episode. Yeah, which mentions that book. So, well, and I, th- I think that's important. And I, I want you to do it just because it's like the novelty of because I think most people who read it and and love that book, you know, had it read to them when they were four or five or read it on their own in adolescence. You didn't. But I think it'll be fascinating. I want a 35-year-old man, like a grown man's opinion on that book. For better, whatever you think, you know? Like, I just I just kind of want to see, like, what your perspective Well, is. I watch it and be like, oh, there's so many references. No, you're not watching the movie. And I'll know if you watch the movie and don't read the book. Okay. You're going to read the book. You know, when I finally saw Fargo, I was like, oh, my gosh, so many, so many of my friends have been quoting this movie for all And you life. didn't even... <laughs> You didn't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I thought yeah, that's really, nice. really original and funny. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. That's funny. Yeah, you have just just staggering amounts of of popular things you haven't seen. It's a talent. Which no, which which is not bad, but I think we can harness it to some effect. And we can get like a fresh take on uh 
you know, here's this guy who's never seen The Godfather. Why do you Star think of Wars, The Godfather? All the Star Wars movies. Just the original three. You don't need a. I don't really remember. I might. Have, I I definitely saw one when they re-released it in the mid '90s, late '90s. Oh, I remember they had the yeah, like the '90. I went to '97, '98, something like that. Yeah, I saw it at a movie theater in the old Denver. I was gonna go to a baseball game. Got snowed out. We went to a mall, watched the movie. Oh, that's fun. That's a fun story, huh? Good story. Good okay. story. Okay. We'll address that. But before we address that, we have this we have this week's episode. Yeah. Uh, we're ramping into high gear. I feel like we're going to release a lot of episodes this month. Hopefully. Not going to. Mm-hmm. I'm jinxing yeah. this already. We'll probably release one episode. Just kidding. Don't listen to that. So what you actually told me that we were, were going to talk about is uh, some books we want to read this month. Because I actually found some books coming out or just released that I am quite interested in. One, to the listener, is a bit of a gag book. But Matt doesn't know that yet. Matt, you didn't hear that, right? <sighs> nope. Okay. <Yeah. laughs> uh, okay. So we have TBR books, books we want to read. You have a book haul, correct? You bought some books. A book haul and, and like four TBRs that I'm excited about. I just want to say this. Buying books is one of the great pleasures in life. Mm-hmm. Like if someone asks you, what do you want for your birthday? Or what do you want for Christmas? Can I, can you just like drive me to a bookstore and just let me buy books? Well, I was thinking, you know what? Cause my mom every year always bugs me. He's like, I need a gift list from you. And yeah. I, I feel guilty. Cause I always kind of like put it off. I, you know, forget to do it. Yeah. But then I was thinking like this TBR list is going to be my, also my Christmas wish list. Nice. Like nothing practical, just, you know, a handful of these nothing books. Pack. So it's kind nothing of a nice, practical. like, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to get into your brain, see what you want to read. I think the listener is to judge you a little bit. I can take it. Good. Uh, and then we're going to also talk about uh, Quentin Tarantino. I'm not really sure why, but you, you have a reason. He got a book deal, apparently, correct? Yeah, he's got a deal. He's going to come out with like two books. I think All right, no year. more. We're not there yeah. yet. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino. We'll talk about his movies too, maybe. And then finally, uh, Moby Dick. You said this went viral about how it was taught in schools. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. There was a Twitter thing yesterday. Right, the Twitter thing. That could be like a little thing. I uh, took my senior year capstone course on Herman Melville. Oh, wow. I did. I think I did. I got a B minus, I think. Oh, nice. Solid. Bad. I had to write a paper on Herman Melville. Or well, on my birthday, my 21st birthday, did not go out. Said, wrote that paper. You know, what I got, paper. you know what I got on that paper, Matt? B minus. I got a C on that paper. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Probably should have gone out. Yeah, I know. Well, we could start with that because this is just a brief thing I was thinking. Okay. I All right, let's, to... start, let's start minor that we'll build up to. Yeah. Uh, well, and by the time this is released, this will be like way way like distant in the past as far as like twitter time goes but it did have me because i was like posting some stuff nice. looking up quotes and you know posting a picture of my dog nice but uh there was some it went viral as they say you know and some i think she was like a ya author but she did some thing about how here's here's 12 books that should never be taught in schools anymore because they actually suck and Whoa. the big one that got everybody going was she said Moby Dick. 
Okay. It's like, you know, whatever people do, you know, people do the either or. Hey, I got a, I got a newsflash. I think she did this for a reason that, so that people would read her book. Publicity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and exactly. And you either agree you're like, yeah, it sucks. Or you disagree, but either way you're engaging. That's kind of how Twitter works. Yeah. And I'm not even saying we're above that. We might do. Something. I know we, uh, next week, just to let the listener know, we're going to have a po- special podcast about why Shakespeare sucks. So mm-hmm. tune, in, yeah. tune in for that. Yeah. Okay. But, but that's kind of the point. But it did get me think, just sep- like it's a separate thing. There are certain books that I think aren't going to be appreciated by 15 year olds. And you might actually. I will kill, say this. Yes. You know, it, you might actually kill whatever magic, like they're good books. But if you force. A 14, 15, 16 year old to read them when they're not ready, you might actually kill whatever's in it. Or I have an idea. You know I mean? Like, this is going to be, I think this is going to, this kind of sounds pretentious and it's meant to be. Uh, it's like giving a really nice wine to a 16 year old, you know, during like the holidays and be like, hey, here's a little sip of alcohol. Yeah, like, yeah it's wine. They're like, that's really good. And they're like, no, I don't know. Or like, you know, somebody just turned 21, they're just drinking. Yeah. You give them a really nice beer, they're going to be like, oh, I don't know. It's just it all the same. Yes. You're almost wasting it. Well, yes, exactly. Yes. Exactly. You got to build up to it. Yeah. Because yes, I remember. Your palate has to be developed, maybe. Well, exactly. And, you know, forcing. I remember because we had to read a bunch of stuff in high school. Like, Great Gatsby and Madame Bovary stand out for me. And those are actually good books that I appreciate now. I've never read Bovary, but I've read Great Gatsby. I read Gatsby. So like to a 15-year-old, and there are some 15-year-olds who who are are fine and who enjoy that stuff. Mm -hmm. But just speaking for me, I was bored by Gatsby. I didn't have the life experience to appreciate just the the detail of like longing and just everything that book's about, you know, the Gatsby felt such loss that he went through all this to try to win a girl back. And yeah. at the end, she ends up betraying him. Like that is a, that's a very good and powerful story. I appreciated when I read it when I was in my thirties, but go. as a 15 year old, that was so boring to me. Okay. And, and, and Madame Bovary, which is in essence about, you know, a woman who kind of shuns her actual decent husband and a good life for her fantasy world her fantasies wind up destroying her that i actually kind of get now too you know because i've lived a little more and that's a little more uh relevant to me Mm -hmm. you know what i mean or you know but to a 15 year old boy like i could not have cared less you're just you're just drinking good scotch and not realizing it no exactly exactly so i think she, the the lady, even though it was a publicity stunt and everything, yeah. she's right in the sense that you can't like force this stuff. But you maybe said- maybe you shouldn't give Moby Dick to every fifteen year old. Maybe yeah. a precocious fifteen year old who's fascinated by whales or the well, sea or just- something. <laughs> but no, <laughs> fascinated by whales. I you know it got you make a good point. I wonder almost if there should be more like genre fiction taught. And, and, honestly uh, i was and, thinking and they should they should redo the whole thing they shouldn't have hey everybody's every, every all 20 to 30 kids in the class are going to read these five books yeah it should be you discover kind of what they're yeah, interested what in and they yeah. get to select their own 
and you can kind of monitor and make sure they're actually reading and stuff, but you can do whatever. Some like some people you should also with, say, by the way, to this to these like new re- readers, there's a unlimited supply of books you'll love in your life and you won't read them all. So have like find find what you want. Find you know try and just spark that interest. Make them more adventurous readers maybe or you know outside your comfort zone or or um, you don't have to read not everyone has to read the same hundred books or whatever. Yeah. I mean it's sort of like a a tagline almost but you know you won't get arrested if you read, you know, yeah. James Bond novels or whatever. Read some Dennis Lehane. Yeah, Dennis yeah, Lehane. Read, or, I mean, also, Ulysses. if you're, if you like this, I mean, I read, um, I remember reading A Tale of Two Cities and I really liked it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there, I mean, there is stuff that the classics, I mean, there's a reason why people read them, you know, generation after generation. Uh, but not everyone's going to be drawn to them. But I think having options and sort of uh, maybe a, a type of book and how yeah. that how that type of book's been done over two hundred years. You know, here's the ver- first example of a you know a romantic kind of not comedy, but I don't know, just certain something. Well, some classic and how yeah. it got reinvented well, over the years yeah if you like romantic comedies you you give them you're like okay you're going to read pride and prejudice but through yeah. a lens of this is kind of like a proto romantic yeah. comedy right this is two people who hate each other yeah who wind up falling in love right you kind of lead them along you're like okay you like harry potter well check out this you know gk chesterton book or check yeah. out robertson davies or you know like you you kind of like tailor it to also specific think, students you also you say like you know try to enjoy the book or whatever but also know that like with some of this you know literature or whatever you can actually delve in pretty deep and get some other stuff out of it in like training yourself or developing skills of like critical reading would also mm-hmm. i would think you know as a high school teacher that's what i would try to develop not like you have to read these books or whatever but like when you're reading try to try to see what the author's doing well exactly and it's so much easier to do that if they kind of want to read it already yeah you know what i mean like it's not yeah like because there's what i'm saying if you force them it'll just kill whatever's there yeah so you just let them like you you want to read this and then just kind of string them along like okay what What's the symbolism here? Well, what, no what do you think likes, you're to get no one, I mean, no one really likes to be forced to do anything, even if they're like, no, no. you know, as no. you grow up, you don't like being told what to do. So it's not like, I mean, so it makes sense if you're 16 or whatever, junior in high school, and you're told to read Moby Dick. But also, I mean, like, the, the, I mean but, you kind of want to develop some skills of challenging reading and whatever. Then that's a very challenging book. It has sure but if they just don't i mean it's got whole chapters just on like the history of whaling and i don't know have you ever read moby dick no it's on my list and i want to but i I know i would have balked and just like i did with with gatsby madame bovary crime and punishment like all this stuff why what what did this person say that made him think that did you no, no, there was all, she just had a, tw- here's, it was 10 or 12 books that suck that should never be taught. 
And it just got me thinking, like, you know what? I know what I think kills it. It's not the book itself. It's forcing people to read. Because you know what would do a lot of this? Like, Count of Monte Cristo, I think, would engage a 15-year-old kid way more than than Moby Dick. And like I say, some 15, like, Moby Dick may be engaging to a certain kid. Yeah, yeah. You kind of let them choose. Mm -hmm. Count of Monte Cristo's got politics and history and symbolism it's got all that stuff too it's just a Greed, little more exciting revenge oh. revenge it's great more revenge than you could ever yeah. <laughs> plotting oh. it's like it's like uh oceans 13 but one guy sort of <laughs> yeah well we'll get into it. i got a whole yeah, we will we will like so, it's like uh, it's uh, batman it's, yeah it is like that kind of we'll we'll get into that later oh so, yeah i mean i think just to say that on twitter is kind of worthless and whatever yeah i mean and it, i know it, what it was it's got me thinking of kind of a general point about i think we both agree you know don't have a set curriculum for every student have them um, i think i had a class in high school where, where we could pick one of five books and then we split off into five, like five groups and we each like read the one book see that's more healthy that's, no, I, I like that's that good. all right Says that. That was a good. That was a good talk. That was good. Good job. Bad job. Good job. Twitter. For mm-hmm. yeah, that's all Twitter is. So, so uh, where do you want to go next? You want to say go with the books you want to read, or you want to do your book haul? Let me do. I'll do my book haul. I got them all. I got all of them physically in my possession. I got six. Six books. Yeah. You were messing. Plus around. two movies, but I won't go into the movies. Are, you don't want to say the movies? Oh, I can. It's not a big deal. Just say the movies. Uh, Troy, the president <laughs> for my wife. Who, my present for my wife, who okay. is in love with Brad Pitt. She know you got this? Is this a Christmas? She shouldn't listen to this episode. No, no. It's got an old Blockbuster sticker on it. It's not a good Christmas gift. It was like, a, hey, I was thinking of you. I got You're like, Troy. Shh, open your last gift. No, no, it's like an old used DVD thing with yeah. So I'm not so Troy and uh, the Good Shepherd. Okay, old spy yeah. movie. Yeah, the old. It was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. De Niro, Matt Damon. I've seen uh, it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, you know how Troy saw that in theaters. Yeah, me too. Everyone's very good looking in that movie. Well, I think you'll find men, the women. That's 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 most movies. It's one of the requirements for for being put on screen. You'll notice as being uh, good looking, unless your function in the film is to be ugly, and then they'll go. It's it's like ninety percent good looking people, and then either like comically they make pretty people ugly, like they make yeah yeah they can't even give it to a real ugly person. You know what happens? You win an Oscar for makeup. Yeah, whatever. Okay. You know what's funny? In uh, Gone Girl, the book, there's a police detective who yeah. is described as being just very like skinny, ugly. Um, that that's kind of her one of her functions in the story is to yeah. it, it, it serves it's not just she's ugly; it serves a purpose. Yeah, yeah. Because the dude character is kind of a certain charming way with good-looking women, and so it, the yeah. detective kind of sees through him because she's so ugly. Anyway, that's the plot point in the book. And in the movie, it's like a normal looking kind of pretty girl. They make reference to her being ugly, but the actress is like 
I know you, yeah, I know you. But maybe they put her in less makeup or something. It's like, so that's the thing with Hollywood things. You just. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I got you sidetracked. Let's, uh, you got six books. Six books Let's from Bizarre Bazaar, which Bizarre is Bizarre. a really good uh, local uh, bookstore. They have a lot of nice records, too. Yeah, they're a good, a good little store. Good store. Um, go there if you're in Northern Colorado. So I got. Just some, um, let's see, I'll start with the paperbacks. I got uh, an old novel by my favorite screenwriter, probably. But I realized I haven't, I've only read one of his novels. So I'm going to try to catch up. I saw this one lying around. You know who it is? I think I do. Yeah. William Goldman? Yeah. Yeah. Can you write The Princess Bride? The Princess Bride. There you go. See it? Passing a Sundance Kid. Oh, he did. And uh, all the president's men. He's responsible. He wrote for the some... screenplay. He didn't write the book. Screenplay. He wrote. Yeah, yeah. He wrote the screenplay. Right. I'm, yeah, screenplay. And then he also wrote some novels. And I've only read The Princess Bride. Yeah. But uh, I got I picked up Marathon Man by William Goldman, Marathon. which is also a movie, but I've never seen it. But the the novel Marathon Man. What's it about? I don't know. I think it's like a thriller. I think it's Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger on the front. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Although I thought it was Dustin Hoffman. I don't know. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, no, no. Look up you who just, is. I should have done this you before. You just mix up Arnold Schwarzenegger and Dustin Hoffman? No, Dustin Hoffman was in another William Goldman movie. Okay, I was worried. I was like, you're looking at the cover and you... Well, his head's tilted up. It actually kind of looks like Warren Beatty. It's cool. All my paperbacks are cool, vintage, old paperbacks. So anyway, Marathon Man. By the way, the lizard can hear your dog drinking water. That's uh, He's been like sitting up on me. I gave him a bone and it's lasted this far. But now it's the end of our podcast anyway. All right. Marathon Man by William. Marathon Man. I will probably sneak off and read that on my own one of these times and talk about it here. Like a a criminal. You're sneaking off to the Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Won't be an official thing, but I'll. You're not gonna go to a coffee shop and be like, "I'm reading a book, everybody," and people are like, "What are you reading?" <laughs> Marathon man. No, I'll do that with Moby Dick. Look at this, yeah, Moby. I'm reading Moby Dick. Yeah. <laughs> chai tea, please. I like a good chai. That's not even a joke. No, I like normal coffee. Each their own, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so second book. Second book, second book. A little newer. I had heard about it. I haven't read it. I found a nice little little cheap paperback edition. Anno Dracula by Kim Newman. Oh, I've never even heard of this book. It's one of those, like, I don't know if it's quite steampunk, but it's... um, I don't know if you're allowed to... Oh, whoa. You know what Kim Newman looks like? Is a guy, right? I've never heard of this book or this author. Okay, I'm interested. I remember it was kind of popular a couple five or so years ago, huh? We're in a cape. Well, right. Dracula is from 1992. No, huh? Yeah. Is it really? Oh, so it is old. Okay. Well, it's like one of those alternate history things, like where vampires are like real. Yeah, like like, here is. Okay. 1888 
Queen Victoria has a new consort, Prince Vlad Tepes, known as Count Dracula. So like Queen Victoria is married to or involved with Count Dracula and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You're not into it. I got it. I got it. (laughs) You make me read that book. I might kind of go. Hey. That's that's uh, it. Reminds me of like uh, that lettering on the cover reminds me of um, like a romance novel. Mm-hmm. I bet it. If it was from '92, I bet it was Heck yeah, done like that to uh, compete with Anne Rice. Oh, that's it. That's right. it. Uh, it's kind of that same lettering. Right. Anyway, I picked it up. You know, whatever. Don't judge. I mean, you bought it. I hope. Hopefully. Yeah. Third book, little paperback, pretty cool, pretty cool old sci-fi type cover. Whoa, that's pretty cool. The listener can't see that, but it's uh... yeah. it's called Bloodsport by Robert Jones. Bloodsport. It's been described as um, Hemingway with magical realism. Are you serious? Yeah, I mean that's and that's kind of I was like, all right, I'll check it out. It's uh, on the cover. It's got just a literal giant sitting on. Uh, cliffs yeah cliffs and a waterfall and so i mean i I gather i kind of looked into it It, it, written in 1974 kurt vonnegut carlos castaneda and you know hemingway with magical realism a father and son go on a a hunting and fishing trip and encounter literal giants and whatever it's a it's a metaphor for masculinity and and all that and it just it looks kind of fun. I don't know. You know, it's been a, it's a cult novel, hunting and outdoors outdoorsmanship, out of yeah. print since nineteen seventy nine. Oh, out of really? I'm glad I found it. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, my favorite part of this. So it's one of those old paperbacks with like inserts for ads. I don't know if you've ever seen those. Like in the middle, there's like oh, ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cardboard like magazines. And here's my favorite. Yeah. It's it's for True Cigarettes. Um, cigarettes they're just called true that's probably why the book's out of print <laughs> well it, it's kind of it's 1974 right and it's a guy in golf clothes like plaid pants golf clubs leaning in a locker in a polo shirt yeah smoking a cigarette on the locker room bench and it says i'd heard enough to make me decide one of two things quit or smoke true i smoke true the low tar, low nicotine cigarette. Think about it. So that's a little, little throwback. I wonder how much that cost them to advertise. Yeah, to throw because they're in. I uh, have a bunch of Louis L'Amour books. Big that tobacco. My grandparents gave me. Yeah, well, yeah, they could afford ads and stuff. But all my Louis L'Amour books, they don't. They're not tobacco ads, but they have. There's those mass market paperbacks, and there's little ad inserts right in the middle. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. All right. Three All books. Right. Uh, <clears throat> so now we get to the serious stuff. Okay. Um, there's one. It's called The Rosicrucian Enlightenment by Francis Yates. Okay. And it is. Have you ever heard of Rosicrucianary? Rosicrucianism? Stop. I don't know what you're talking about. It's from. The historical period between the Renaissance and the scientific revolution. And it's where all those kind of weird, like um, you hear about, you know, uh, Sir Isaac Newton 
was into alchemy. Yep. Kind of weird, like, like sort of new age, new age type stuff. Yeah, it should be called new age now, but back then it was like the occult or okay. magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is kind of like I guess a scholarly look at what those people were up to. Rosa Cruz, like, <laughs> well, you know, well, it's not Where like. It's not a handbook as to like here's how to do magic and stuff. It doesn't take it that seriously, but it's 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 kind of. Um, Can you say the title again? The Rosicrucian Enlightenment. So it's about the bridge between the Renaissance, okay, and the scientific revolution. And I guess we'll see. I'm I'm curious. I wasn't planning on diving into this, but. Uh, <laughs> You're joking. You weren't planning December to dive into the Rosicrucian. In no, like this will be a, a January, February type thing. Okay. Well, it might be our. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You are all over the map here. Oh, yeah. Adventure reading. This is called, called adventure reading. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Book, uh, book five. All right. Here's the big one. Here's the big one. And this is a rabbit hole I maybe want to go down next year at some point controversial it's funny you mentioned that about shakespeare earlier on twitter yep but this is called shakespeare by another name by mark anderson oh uh, are you going to get into the authorship of william yep. shakespeare yep that's what the book's about and i think it would be fun to pursue because this is one of those that this is uh the life of edward de Vere, earl of oxford the man who was shakespeare and i guess the guy lays out his case for why the Earl of Oxford actually wrote Shakespeare. So who wrote this book? Mark Anderson. Mark Anderson. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing here. Yeah. I've seen some videos where people make that, make the case. Uh, yeah. And if the fact that Shakespeare's upbringing, there's not much known. Um, I don't know. I'm not too interested in it, but it, I mean, I, I guess I could be. I just haven't spent the time to. I don't know. I, kinda, I, I definitely see that as a rabbit hole for you. Right. I kind of want to get into it. I and highly encourage you to, to pursue it. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe in, you know, in the spring or something, I'll look into it. No, I, I know I'll withhold judgment, right? Okay. No, it no, could no. be, I, I, you know, it could be either or. I think either way, the work is still what it is it's still brilliant it's not going to take away anything yeah it, i mean the, the works are the works it's just the fact regardless of maybe who uh yeah. yeah okay well i was reading the description it's kind of interesting it says this earl of oxford guy his life kind of parallels a lot of the plots like in his 20s he was in oh, really? venice and a lot of shakespeare's plays take place in venice hmm. you know and it's just kind of like i don't know i guess things kind of line up and I'm curious what the theory would be. Like he, I guess he was an exile from Queen Elizabeth's court. So he would have to write under pen name. So I guess it would be, he would, he found this actor who owned a theater and it's like, hey, you put him on and you take credit. And then, so I mean, I, I don't know. It's interesting. I'll look into it. Let everybody know. Get back to us. Yeah. I'm curious. All right. Your last book. Six one. This wound up being a gift for you. Oh, it was in the uh, the free bin that I found those movies. Yeah, okay. Did I tell you because they have like the donation thing outside, yeah, and yeah. some of those are just free. So that's why I got Troy 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to train my face to be happy. I'm ready. No, no, no. It is good. Because I, I saw it was uh, Flashman and The Great Game. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, Flashman book for free. So I took it. And I was like, I don't know if I already have this one or not. Yeah. And I got home and it turns out I do have it. Okay. So, hey, guess who gets this copy? Thanks, man. Yeah. So this is an actual good find. It was like a, yeah, that is a good find. Good book in the free bin. Like I would have paid for it. Oh, sorry, the bizarre, <laughs> bizarre, but you could put a three dollar. You missed three dollars on that one. It's a it's a fun one. He goes, I think. What uh, what book in the series is that? It's like the fifth or sixth. You don't have to necessarily. It doesn't seem like you have to read them all in the order, right? You don't have to. It's but yeah, he's a can I he's see the a, a mutiny. I think he goes back to India in this one. Oh, okay. And he's there for that big when the the set boys mutinied against the. Okay. Yeah, it's it's fun. I've actually read this one too. It's a good. Oh, one. nice. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, what a good book haul! I yeah. even got a book out of that. See, that's. I also like buying books for people are getting people books. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So book haul, success. Yeah. How would good. you rate it out of a hundred? Mm-hmm. 90 90 solid, it was good solid book call yeah uh let's get into our tbrs books that we yeah. want to read yeah because uh you told me you you had some books you have what five books i got four four i actually I have three plus okay. the joke book all right you go you go first first one uh coming up this is an author i really like and i've actually read a lot of their stuff contemporary author um i won't say i love their one book of of his i actually really like a lot uh the author is william boyd and he wrote a book called any human heart which i think they made into a movie or a tv show which may be the reason why people know the name but he's a british author and he's got a book coming out called trio and i'll read a little bit about it it's called a producer a novelist an actress it's summer of 1968 a time of war and assassinations, protests and riots. While the world is reeling, our trio is involved in making a disaster plague, swinging 60s British movie in sunny Brighton. All are leading secret lives. And he's just a, he's just a fun author. I don't know. It's right. nothing too serious. He writes really solid, entertaining books. Um, that William, actually sounds, William, that sounds interesting. Yeah. So it's coming out, I think it's coming out in next year, January, but hmm. something that's on my radar. I probably read five of his books, four of his books. Nice. Okay. He's been around for about 20 years, 25 years. So that was my uh, first one that I saw. The other one that um, I think looks interesting is uh, Pappy Land by Wright Thompson. And hmm. it is a story of kind of uh i don't know if you you're not a bourbon drinker and i don't really drink bourbon but i I know the pappy van winkle is this famous bourbon it's you know one of the best bourbons in the world or whatever but this book is it's a story of how julian van winkle the third the caretaker of the most coveted cult kentucky bourbon whiskey in the world fought to protect his family's heritage and preserve the taste of his forebears in a world where authenticity, like his product, is in very short supply. And huh. Wright Thompson is, um, you, 
I think he still writes for ESPN. Yeah. Writes a lot of sports stuff, but he um, really good writer, like a yeah. really good long form writer. Uh, never read any of his books. I think he has another one, maybe two um, nonfiction books out there. And uh, I saw this book and I thought it looked pretty interesting. And I think it's out already. So that does sound uh, interesting. I, uh, I was going to say his, I read his, he has a really good article about Michael Jordan. Yes. Like, I, yeah, that was, I that's that. the only thing his I've read, but that was fascinating. He writes a lot about, he's from the South and sort of the, he has a very key, I, I feel like a very, um, good voice and keen not criticism but just describing the south i guess in a way like mm -hmm. the culture and, and why people are yeah well i think he went to north carolina and hung out with michael jordan or at least wrote about his post-playing career it's very good. yeah yeah because he, really he good, yeah. the article is if, i mean almost like a fly in the wall sort of thing like yeah, he, it, I remember. Doesn't Michael Jordan like watch westerns, like an insane amount of westerns or something? Westerns. He's still ultra competitive, but he doesn't really have an outlet for it anymore. Yeah, it's like a sad portrait almost. It was sad. It's like you know, or, or, yeah, it's a little sad. It was just what drove him to be this incredible athlete and very rich is kind of driving him nuts now. Like he'll do. I remember talked about how he would do. He does cross or not crosswords, uh, word searches with yeah. his friends and he has to be the one to finish the word search <laughs> first just have to win at everything yeah and now that he's not functioning at a peak level athletically it kind of just like almost drives him crazy yeah it's a good good article though yeah so yeah. uh that book yeah. out, i think roy thompson definitely author to uh, check out my third book that i thought looked really good is an author i've been wanting to read for a while uh Jane Smiley, who's been writing for decades and decades, has won mm -hmm. awards. She has this new novel coming out that sounded like really interesting, lighthearted, like a really like pleasurable read. Um, I think I'm pronouncing this right. It's called Perestroika by Jane Smiley. Um, Perestroika. Stroika. Yeah. I knew I was going to pronounce that wrong. Uh, it's about a um, Paris is a spirited racehorse at a racetrack west of Paris. One afternoon at dusk, she finds the door of her stall open, and she's a curious filly, wanders all the way to the city of light. She's dazzled and often mystified by the sights, sounds, and smells around her, but she isn't afraid. Soon, she meets an elegant dog, a German short-haired pointer named Frida, who knows how to get by without attracting the attention of the suspicious Parisians. Um, it sort of sounds almost like a fantasy in a weird way. So some of the reviews say it's sort of like a, a fantasy element. It's, I just briefed yeah. the reviews, but done in a very, I don't know, um, maybe like a literary way. Um, That's not the craziest thing in the world. Like Watership yeah, Down is from uh, animals' perspectives. Yeah, animals, well, like a personification yeah. of you know animals. Yeah. Night just is coming out. I think I want to say that came out today, but don't hold me to that. So that was uh, those three are my like those actually I, I will want to read. Um, in the comments. I like that. That last one sounds like a gutsy move. Yeah, it's good. I mean, yeah. And then my fourth one 
the serious one. I'm going to say the title. I'm going to see who you think wrote this book. Okay. Uh, the Last Days of John Lennon. I'm going to give you a hint. There's more than one author on this. You already told me it's a joke book. So what? More than, like a, there's more than two authors on this book. Is it, um, is it by the, the Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr? No. It is, is it by the... Hold on, I'm going to tell you the tagline. The greatest true crime story in music history, as only James Patterson can tell it. Enriched by exclusive interviews with Lennon's friends and associates, including Paul McCartney. The Last Days of John Lennon is a thrilling true story of two men. I think it also talks about the guy who killed him. I don't know what that guy's name was. Mark David something. Yeah, Chapman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the, The thrilling true story of two men who changed history uh huh. see what i said there's more than one author james patterson didn't write yeah that. so yeah he he sherman and dave wedge as co-authors so they did all the grunt work and i then, wonder uh, why there's the, usually why there's two other authors why not just I wrote an article about how james patterson does it now and then it's it's almost like a, a factory or an assembly line he'll come up with an idea and kind of maybe block it and then his name sells, and so there's Ghost Rider, and they'll yeah. just kind of put it together. But he did but, something. But uh, he did not, like a. This is nonfiction. I wonder if he just like met Paul McCartney and was like, "Well, hey, got a I was cool gonna say he did a, an episode on or an episode, a, a book, a, a nonfiction book about the Epstein thing." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so like it, he's, you know, and if you're not actually writing the books, you can come out with yeah dozen books a year so those are a couple those are my three books i really want to read and a book i saw that i was like what is this it's probably gonna be a bestseller and it's gonna be uh you know everywhere soon we could read one of those james patterson books i don't know if i want with with three authors on one of his thrillers (laughs) which which one are you are you you james patterson casey sherman or dave wedge I'm a Dave Wedge man. I feel like I would be a Dave Wedge man too. <laughs> Just the closer. Let's bring the heat. Anyway. All right. What are uh, the four books you want to, you found that you want to read? So these are good. Like I said, I'm going to turn this into my Christmas list, I think. Okay. First one I found through Instagram. Ooh, okay. The, the book people posted this. And I was like, oh, what is this? It sounds really good. It's called Winter Counts. Winter Cat. David Heska Wanbly Wyden. Sorry if I said that wrong. But it's like a Native American author and it takes place on a reservation. It's like a gritty crime novel. Oh, set. It's a thriller. Yeah. It's on the. Negative. Yeah. This looks really good. Doesn't he pull it up? Yeah. It's like a local enforcer on a, the Rosebud Indian Reservation in South Dakota. Uh, tries to figure out and stop the heroin influx into the reservation. Okay. Yeah, uh, it sounds cool. That, it sounds that like a good. That looks interesting. I like those gritty crime novels. Did kind of a different setting than normal. Uh, you know, yeah, sign me up. 
Sign you up. Okay. Winner counts. Winner counts. Next one is also, I guess, it's hard to describe. It's almost like crime, almost eerie, magical realism, like a weird mix. Mm-hmm. It's called Pine by Francine Toon. Okay, let's see here. I'm place cover here. In the Scottish Highlands, kind of way out in the middle of nowhere. Let me find this book. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah, they're oh, driving cool. home from the search party when they see her. Okay. Uh, yeah, Lauren and her father Niall live alone in the Highlands, a small village surrounded by pine forest. When a woman stumbles onto the road one holiday night, Halloween night, Niall drives her back to their house in this pickup. In the morning, she's gone. Weird. Kind of like a weird, creepy, small town with secrets type. Could go anyway. Could be like a mystery crime. Okay. Could be. I don't know. It's sounded cool. Good story. Cool cover. Cool cover. Definitely cool. Yeah. Cover. Could be supernatural. Could be whatever. But yeah, it looked. I like it. Looks good. Good pick. The next one is some I've seen. It's popular. It's all over. It's on the the Bookstagram. It's on Litzy. Everybody's reading it. Everyone's reading it. I was kind of dismissive of it at first because it looks like a YA type cover, but I read the description. Yep. I think I'm down. It's called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Ooh, I know. I've seen this. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. It actually, you read the description. It's like, uh, it it got me. Oh, you know what this is? I've read this author, V.E. Schwab. She wrote something else. Yeah. Yeah, Kind of a fantasy type. She wrote a fantasy series um how what's it called hold on yeah i I know what you mean i I kind of it's uh it's kind of like a magic in london hold on here yeah did you like it yeah yeah they weren't um what were they called dark like uh darker shade of magic what is this shade why is it not bringing up her stuff here it's bringing up all her graphic novels i don't want that yeah, I, hold on, I can do it. V.E. Schwab. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A Gathering of Shadows, A Darker Shade of Magic. Yeah, I've read the first two. I think there's three, maybe four. Yeah, A Conjuring of the Light. I haven't read that one. Yeah. Pretty good. They're you, like, um, you liked them? They're not long, you know, like a lot of fantasy or whatever. It's like a thousand pages. Yeah. These are quick, 300 page, you know, interesting. Yeah. Well, I like this one is, uh, well, in France, 1714, in a moment of desperation, a young woman makes a Faustian bargain to live forever and is cursed to be forgotten by everyone she meets. Okay. Right, so the price for immortality is you live forever, but nobody like remembers you the moment you walk away. Okay. Then, but everything changes when after nearly 300 years, Addie stumbles across a young man in a hidden bookstore and he remembers her name. Oh, they're making, I like this they're making this into a movie. I can oh, see I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it hasn't. I, I thought you were making, I'll, I'll, I'll camp out for this. I'd be surprised if they hadn't sold the rights already. But it sounds cool. I like stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, this looks, um, it's got, yeah, it's the best of book on, I don't know, 25 website. Mm-hmm. So I hey. probably have heard it. But if you haven't, I think um, B. Schwab is definitely a, a good author, I think. I, okay. I, yeah, I didn't know you'd read her. Yeah. Right. But no, it seems good. Yeah. Good so stuff. those are the three big ones that are in hardcover. Yeah. Right. 
they'll be they'll fold into my Christmas list that I give my mother. Okay. One more. This is an older one. It's not new, but I found it when I was kind of searching around for stuff when mm-hmm. we were reading um, Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. It's called Horror in Architecture. Ooh. It's nonfiction. It's by Joshua Kormoroff with a C. Okay. And it's kind of about, like, kind of what it sounds. Like, this book looks at the idea of horror and its analogs in architecture. Um, in these, normal compositions become strange, extra limbs appear, holes open where they should not, individual objects are doubled down or split or perversely occupied. So basically how you could engineer huh. a house to be creepy in and of itself, kind of play with, with the space we all expect and then kind of subtly twist it, which is one of the things we talked about in Hill House. I don't think your mom's going to buy that book for you. No, I might have to get this on my own. But it was like, was like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's a real thing. Oh, yeah, that's a that actually sounds really interesting. Yeah. yeah, how you can play with people's perceptions by building or engineering a building to be a little <laughs> off or a little different. That's cool. That's yeah, good. those are some good, you know, a variety of options. Yeah. Nice. I like to get. I like to ask for like uh, nonfiction books for Christmas. I can ask for this too. I don't know if this is still in print. We'll see how much it is. But yeah, these. <laughs> it's, a, it's $600. Yeah. Have you seen some of those like books that are way out of print and super rare? Yeah. On Amazon. You're like, oh, I can't even one find one copy. Horror and Architecture by yeah. Joshua Kormoroff. Let's Googling this book. Uh, I can't find it. Okay. It's on Goodreads. Okay. 220 pages. Oh, published in 2013, so it's not super old. It must old. be in print still somewhere. Well, actually, it's not. A, Amazon doesn't have it. No, I found it. Currently unavailable. Anyway. Amazon says it was published January 1st, 1656. Oh. <laughs> no. This one says May 30th, 2013. Okay. So anyway, this book, whatever. Is, um, how did you find this book? I don't know. I ran across it doing uh, research. Anyway, if you know where to get it, it's also email, email us in. You can, there's um, three used copies. One of them is $59. Yeah. So I won't do that. If you want to get us a Christmas gift, do that. I'm willing to go as high as this rare book about I'm, I'm willing to go as high as 35. Oh, yeah. You hear it here first. If you've had this book, Matt will give you $35. Yeah. And life advice. Yeah. Well, actually, we'll trade. I'll do an hour of life coaching. I mean, that's a discount. That's a discount right there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So there we go. Good books. That was good. Yeah. That was good. Good, good book haul. Good TBR. Uh, I think the listeners should let us know what, what they're asking for Christmas because it's that time of, you know, that time of uh, or the holidays, what they're asking yeah. present wise, what they're scoping out. What are they buying books for their? I like to buy books for my, uh, my family, relatives. How about you? Yeah. Do you buy, even though they don't want them, I just kind of like, I like books. So I buy them books. I buy books for my dad. Yeah, I buy history books. Yeah. But everybody else, sometimes my mom and my wife. But like my brothers don't care, so you just find like cheap DVDs that are free. And you're like, Here, I you scratch the, the free bins. 
here's the good shepherd and you know it's scratch here's american by three never saw it never Enjoy. saw it don't spoil spoiler matt this is a good episode uh the listener will so oh, oh we didn't get to uh tarantino oh yeah sorry i was gonna end the episode sorry hey, okay so i'm winding up just a brief I'm kind of curious. Have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I've not. Oh man, go see it. All right, I'll stop. Go the see podcast. it. I know people who think it's really boring. Yeah. And I think it's maybe because they're expecting a more violent Reservoir Dogs type Tarantino, yep. and this is kind of a. I don't know. I I have it on. I got it on DVD from the library, and I've had it like hanging around the house for like a month. And every time the wife and I go to like watch something, like, what do you want to watch? And it's like, hey, you just want to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again? So we've watched it like five times in the last month. It's really good. I really like it. Why it's do you guys have this movie? Of, Wait, hold on. You checked it out from the library. They, yeah, they do DVDs from the library. Yeah, how long do you get it for? Well, you can renew it. So I've been renewing it and then I got to return it soon. I have some fees probably, some fines. Yeah, they got rid of the fees. Well, then I'll probably hang on to it for a little while longer. Might just have this book for the all of 2021. No, it's a good movie. You should, you should, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it, it yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's it's loan, yeah. Like you have it to loan. It's not yours to loan. Yeah. <laughs> Until you I get you charged. You can't have your own library loan. Yeah. That's illegal. You can't double loan something. Okay. Well, I won't do that. You'll but I'll, well, no, you, you, should, should, you should watch it. Yeah. I will. Anyway, good movie. I was reading on the news and it said Quentin Tarantino had a two book contract. I'm suspicious. Publishing it. Well, I'd seen an interview with him from a couple of years ago where he was saying how he really he wants to do 10 movies, then maybe quit and write like novels. Yeah. I was like, oh, we'll see if he really does. I've heard the 10 movie thing. I didn't know he wanted to write novels. Yeah. Well, he'd do something after because he's relatively young. Yeah. But anyway, so I saw this two book deal and I remembered that interview I saw. I was like, okay, maybe. And it, but it turns out, so one book is going to be a movie tie-in novelization. You remember those? Like the little paperbacks yeah. with the actors on the cover. Mm-hmm. It's going to be that for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh my God. I don't, I don't know. So we'll I'm see. I'm not, I'm not like falling out of my... Isn't that just the script? No. All right. No, because if you because he wrote about how he if you read about how he does things, he's got like the backstory all lined up for all of his characters. Okay, you know he know uh, in in the movie the the two main characters and once once upon a time in Hollywood are you know there's an actor who's been on TV in the movies in the '60s and man he's got like all their their movies like lined up and worked out like all this stuff. So it kind of makes sense. So that's one of his books is just the, the movie kind of a, a flushing novel. out of that story. But it's a different sort of thing. It's coming out in mass market paperback first. It's kind of oh, a vintage like cover. So that's cool. And then do you know what the second one is going to be about? Yeah, it's like a, a essays article, just collected essay stuff on uh, Hollywood movies in the 70s. Okay, I think that's more interesting. Yeah, yeah. And at first, I was like, "Oh, is he going to really quit and write novels?" I thought maybe <laughs> they were these were like works in progress. Yeah. And he was going to write big old novels, but it turns out it's kind of 
stuff he probably already has done yeah you know essays and his thoughts on movies and so you know not like i'm not holding my breath wait he probably got paid a lot of money to do this too yep yep one of the perks already being famous so uh, give us that book deal yeah well okay i'm chumped champ is there like a is it, are these just announced or is there a time i think well the summer and next year for the hollywood one and then i don't know okay essays and anyway that's kind of i might read them if they come out if i think about it okay so quentin tarantino getting into the book world yep news Matt, this has been a great episode. Hope so. Hope so too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've talked about everything. Book hauls, TBRs, Quentin Tarantino, movies I haven't watched, movies you're going to make me watch. What else? TBRs, Shakespeare. Shakespeare's a fraud. Moby Dick. Shakespeare's a fraud. I want that to be the headline of this podcast. Shakespeare's a fraud, and then people will listen. No. Oh, it, it wouldn't be he's a fraud. It'd be he's a front. Oh, he's a front. The works aren't fraudulent. It'd be he would be uh, a patsy, and there's a real guy writing the work the whole time. I like it. I'm going to look into it. Yeah. So, if you want to get in contact with us and fight us on this claim, uh, send us an email at willbebooks at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Goodreads and watch our TBR list explode with books about architecture and other random subjects. Magical realism. Magical realism. We are also on Twitter where Matt is gonna try to be friends with you. But don't be mean. Don't be mean. I'm playing it cool on Twitter so far. Yeah, and there will be books. Yeah. And then we're also on Instagram at uh, There Will Be Books, where we will post artistic photos of books in our libraries. Like like all the cool kids these days do. Right, Matt? Mm-hmm. Yep. We're also on Litzy, which we dedicated our Piranesi episodes, or the one before that, too. I think every episode is dedicated to that. Nice, wholesome, supportive group of people that just like books and bookish people yep and on that note matt give us one piece of life life advice you can either be a champ or you can be a chump it's up to you (laughs) and on that note we'll talk to you guys next week